the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Pastor Scott Show. And when I say ladies and gentlemen, I mean men and women. There might be some boys and girls, you know, but I mean men and women. I don't think that's uh, confusing, but the world has gone mad. And uh, let me give you an example. And this is what I'm going to ask this hour. What's the difference? Maybe just a fun conversation or something you think is serious. But what's the difference between men and women? I don't mean body parts. Okay. I mean, like personality, you know, and of course, these are generalities. And we'll be serious about the fact that, you know, some people have a little more than one thing or another. But I think there's differences. You know, I think that most of us would recognize that there are differences in behavior, differences in the way that things are approached. And it's not better than the other one. It's just different. And different is okay. That's what I would say. But an an issue today, when I started thinking about this, is um, today, you know who J.K. Rowling is? J.K. Rowling is the author of the Harry Potter books. And she is somebody who, until recently, everybody would have thought, and is still true, that she is on the left of most political issues. And she is, in fact, on all of those. I don't believe that she has ever suggested that she's a Christian. I think she's not. Um, But she had the audacity to say, she lives in Great Britain, the audacity to say that we shouldn't be putting men in women's prisons just because they say that they're women. And there's been issues even here in the United States of of trans men, if you will, uh, or I'm sorry, trans women who are men uh, with men, sexual organs and uh, desires uh, sometimes and all of those things and being put in women's prisons and uh, getting people pregnant, raping people. There's all kinds of problems. And she had the nerve to say we shouldn't do that. Well, after that, she got labeled as uh, what's called a TERF, uh, trans-exclusionary radical feminist, um, because if you're not willing to say that a trans person is, in fact, the gender that they're transitioning to, that the man who transitions to a woman is actually a woman without any any sort of um, you know separation there, then you're you're doing it wrong. Well, she posted today. She's been sticking to her guns on this. Uh, a glossary from Johns Hopkins University. Okay, highly rated, you know, respected Johns Hopkins University, and they have a glossary. It's called the LGBTQ glossary, and this is how they describe uh, lesbian. Okay, Uh, a non-man attracted to non-men. That's what they said. That's that's the definition. A non-man attracted to non-men. And she wrote this. She wrote man, no definition needed. Non-man, formerly known as woman, as being definable only by reference to the male, an absence, a vacuum where there is no manness. And she is basically right. And so Johns Hopkins today is getting hammered by people all over the place because of the non-man description. 
that they're trying so hard not to say woman that in this definition, which is a definition of lesbian, it's a non-man attracted to non-men. Instead of saying a woman who is sexually attracted to other women, which is how anybody else would have said that, it's a non-man attracted to non-men. And this has hit so hard that that Johns Hopkins has actually pulled the website down, or at least that page. So if you go to that website now, it says, uh, you know, we strive to create a campus culture that is inclusive and welcoming for all gender identities, orientations, experiences, and viewpoints. And we are committed to ensuring Johns Hopkins, which is a non-university now, I guess, because they're just going to say what they say, is a place where LGBT people feel supported. The LGBTQ glossary serves as an introduction to the range of identities and terms that are used within LGBTQ communities. Question I have is, is that what's being used in LGBTQ communities, non-man? So if you are if you are a woman and you consider yourself part of the LGBTQ community, is non-man the term that you use for women? I I just don't <laughs> Maybe it maybe it does. That doesn't seem good to me. That doesn't seem, uh, you know, it's it's not good. It's terrible. But it seems like that's not even something that would happen. And uh, then they say it's not intended to serve as the definitive answers as to how all people understand and use these terms. And then they wrote, upon becoming aware of the language in question, we have begun working to determine the origin and context of the glossary's definitions. We have removed the page from our website. And it's gotten a lot of people, you know, bringing up all of these different terms that are there, that you are a bad person, apparently, if you will not uh, subscribe to that. So as a woman, you're a, a lesbian woman anyway. They won't. There's no definition here of woman at all. Um, there is only you are um, sex assigned at birth. If you are a woman, then uh, that's just based on genitalia. And that's it. That's what they say. This is Johns Hopkins University. All right, here's another one. And this is, you know, one of the controversies in this is in the the alphabet group of people, LGBTQ+. Uh, The people who are the L's and the G's are saying we're done with the rest of the letters. And I'm going to tell you what. Uh, This is why right here. Because in this glossary, they have this, the word homosexual, okay, not trying to make you uncomfortable, just trying to make you aware of, you know, well, how, how far this has gone. It's, and this is Johns Hopkins University. This is not some left-wing magazine. This isn't something coming out of, you know, some uh, small group of people out there who just have these things that they want to say. This isn't some nonprofit corporation, and this isn't your daughter's third grade class in uh, her Glendale school. This is Johns Hopkins University. Homosexual, the clinical term, this is how they define it, the clinical term coined in the field of psychology for people with same-sex sexual attraction. The word is often associated with the idea that same-sex attractions are a mental disorder and is therefore offensive to some people. So you can't say that word anymore. But part of that is because they're removing what it actually is. There's always been in history homosexuals. People have understood that. Uh, You'll find it in every culture just about where anything ever got written down, okay? Uh, The gender thing that we're doing is not something you find. There are people who say that there is, but really what's happening is people are 
are going back and finding words that were used for homosexual and changing it to a third gender, which is not true. That's not how anybody saw it. That's not how other cultures saw it. They're just changing it. And what's happening is you're erasing women. You're even erasing homosexuals. And, you know, you're you're erasing the way people would define that part of their life. The whole thing gets kind of crazy because if you're on the trans side of things, you're saying, you're saying if, well, if I don't exist, then you're erasing me. And then you get into that conversation about the existence of people. I, this entire thing will go back and forth with people dividing and dividing and dividing because you're trying to make something out of something that's not true. You're trying to say that human beings are not male and female. And if you're going to say that, you then it's not going to work because then you can divide up however you want. And now the absurdity of it has gotten to the place where we're now can't say woman, it's non-man. A, a, you know, this is uh, the absurdity of it. It's just going to such a level. This is education. This is Johns Hopkins University. You can, by the way, find the definitions if you go, you know, they, they tear down these websites, but there's other websites out there, Internet Archive, Wayback Machine, they're called. Well, you can find old versions of websites. So the old version of the Johns Hopkins uh, glossary is still there. You can go find it, and it's got everything in it. This is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557. So what I thought, maybe I'd like to hear from you. What do you think the differences are between men and women? We're not afraid to say that on this show. I think there's differences. I think other than the biological obvious differences, okay, um, and I realize that you got to be careful because, you know, sometimes people do different things. But I'll, I'll tell you what, when I do a wedding, there is a difference between what's going on with the groom side of things and the bride side of things. There's an entire difference for the entire day. I mean, usually, not all the time, and I realize there's some differences, but usually, when the bride gets up in the morning on her wedding day, she's getting ready early. She might get up at like four or five in the morning and somebody's doing her hair and her makeup and the dress and all this. Sometimes for hours that happens. You know, for guys, uh, we probably show up barely there an hour before the wedding or half an hour before we're supposed to be there. Or in my case, I got stuck at the airport trying to rent a car and I barely made it to my own wedding. With maybe our hair combed, maybe we got a haircut. I remember that. Christy made me go get a haircut before our wedding. Um, first, like at a real like hair salon, because I was going to one of those other places, you know, where you just go in and you pay the $8 it used to be or something. And uh, she alerted me right before our wedding that that was unacceptable for our wedding. Now, for me, it was perfectly acceptable. It never would have crossed my mind. You know, it would have crossed my mind that I should get a haircut. I definitely would have thought that. Uh, but it did not cross my mind that I should have a more professional person do this. And to be honest with you, when uh, I did it, I did it for her. I didn't really believe it until I walked out of there and it's like, oh, my hair looks better. How about that? See, you got to believe your wife on these things. Uh, She's probably right, you know, most of the time. Now, my wife will let me know if I've gone to the wrong barber, right? If I've gone to the wrong person, uh, you know, she will let me know. Um, A difference between men and women is my wife has the ability, and I appreciate it, to tell me I got a bad haircut. And the way she does that is I will come into the house and she'll say, did you get a haircut? And I'll say yes. And then she'll say, don't go to that person again. Find somebody else. <laughs> That's her way of saying they they messed it up. I cannot do that to my wife. See, this is a difference in men and women. And I believe this is 
maybe not universal, but it's pretty close. I, if my wife comes back from getting her hair done, I cannot look at her and say, oh, did you get your hair done? She says yes. And I would say, don't ever go back to that person. They messed it up. Even if what I was saying is accurate, that is not the right thing to say to your wife. It's just, it just, there's no way that would be well received. I think sometimes my wife doesn't like her haircut and she's trying to, first, the, my, the first problem that my wife has is that uh, I don't notice. I try to notice if it's on the calendar and try to remind myself, she's getting a haircut, she's getting a haircut today. And that sounds bad, right? Maybe it is bad, but, you know, I'm, I'm looking at her beautiful eyes and, and other things. Uh, so I try to remember, and uh, honestly, she always gets a good haircut. I've never seen one that's bad. Um, there's been maybe some that I've liked better than others, but I've always thought they're they're great. But see, this is a difference. There's a difference in communication style. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, if you want to join the conversation. What are differences between men and women? General Generalities, I realize that. I don't want to get in trouble here, but generalities. See, I think that men and women communicate differently. And that's a night that, and it's it's not something that's just a social construct. I think that it is innate. And while I think that there are exceptions, I think that most of the time, women tend to be more expressive and will engage in verbal communication more frequently and use more emotional and emphatic language. Men, on the other hand, tend to be more direct and problem-solving and we'll use less words. I, I think that that's true most of the time. I'm definitely sure that there are exceptions to that. And some people are introverts and some people are extroverts and that fits into it. But wouldn't you say so? See, I think, I think there's a difference. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. The other thing at, you know, at the weddings is when I'm hanging out with the grooms, they're, they're messing with each other, right? The guys will say, you know what? I can't believe, they'll look at the, the groom and the best man will often say, you know what, I can't believe, you know, a, a beautiful woman like, you know, Mary would, would marry a fat pig like you. That's what guys say to each other and it's a compliment, right? We feel good about that. Um, nobody is saying that in the bride's room. If the, if the maid of honor says to the bride, you know, I can't believe that such a, a nice guy like Fred would marry a fat pig like you. That's the end of the friendship. There would be tears. There would be anger. There would be frustration. There would be, it would be a disaster. The wedding would be delayed. Uh, it's different. It just is. And I don't think it's bad. I think it's how it is. I think God made us this way. I think that there is a reason for that. We need people to be different. We need different approaches to things in life. We sometimes need somebody with a lot less words who is just very focused on one thing. And sometimes we need people to really express a whole lot of things that are going on. I think that men and women, when they are together, do things in a way that is that works together, that complements each other, right? And I think when you, you can talk about equality and you can talk about different things that need to be discussed in how we treat each other and rights and things like that. But at the end of the day, I think that men want women to be a certain way and women want men to be a certain way. And we don't want to be the same that we want to be as confusing as it can be. 
Um, I I think that we want things to be the same. What's the difference? What do you think? 888-528-2557. Penny in Canoga Park, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. How are you? I'm good, Penny. How are you today? Is the sun out in Canoga Park, or is it still gray? <laughs> it's still great. Right. It's about, it was supposed to rain, but the um, the sun did come out a little bit. But it, you, I, I've never seen a June like this in all my life. I have not either. I have not either. Okay. <laughs> all I wanted to say is when you were asking the difference, there's no difference. Well, there's difference between men and women, and God made us that way. A man is a man. A woman is a woman. There's no he, she, and there are no she, he's. You don't think there that there's no a non-man? Because that's the new name, new term for woman now, apparently, according to Johns Hopkins University. You are uh, not man. <laughs> you're, pen, you're Penny. You're not a woman. Well, it, really, to be fair, they're talking about lesbians, okay? But they're defining lesbians oh. as non-men. Rather, oh, really? rather than women. I don't care what a lesbian is. I don't care what a homosexual is. There are only two genders. <laughs> there are two genders. Well, woman. see, and homosexuals God would say that. that way. No right? matter how hard you want to try, you can't change it. <laughs> All right. All right, Penny. Thanks. I mean, for... a woman's hips are even different than a man's bones. They, I've the bones are different. It's absolutely different. true. When they dig you up in 100 years, they're going to know the difference. Yeah. Probably. Well, I'm going to be cremated, so they're not going to find me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, somebody they're going to hopefully not in a hundred years. You know, at some point, I guess they'll everybody's. You know, we don't need to go well, down. Hopefully, that. we'll be with the rapture, and then we'll be with. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about this. I'm, <laughs> you, all I know is man is man and woman is woman. As I know, that's the way you feel. And right. God bless you and keep you. All right. Thank you, Penny. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You know, uh, when we get in the subject of uh, athletes competing against each other, it's not just the swimmers where this is going on. A trans uh, cyclist uh, won a race in the women's category. Now, this guy is a biological male, and here is the call of his victory. He won by five minutes. So this is a biological man, transgender woman, who entered into the woman's cycling race. He won by five minutes. Uh, Is that because all of the women are lousy athletes, or is it because of his bodily structure? Uh, Because he's a male. See, I don't think you can – I don't think that you can get away from that. You can't. It's five minutes. If you came in second place, you are five minutes. You would have been first place if it were only biological women. And you were five minutes behind. That's a long time in a bicycle race. That is a very, very long time. What are differences between men and women other than just the physical stuff? I mean, I we can talk about those things and, and we get that. But I think that there's other differences. And I was talking about communication style. It's just different. Um, and... Once again, I'd like to say, you know, these things are generalities. People are different and there's things. But I think that there are differences in the way men and women live life in the things that they care about in the way that they think about things. And I think it's good. I think it's on purpose. And I think that that's how we're made. It's how we get along with each other, even though it can it can create lots of conflict. Right. It can create lots of the men and women differences are why it's difficult sometimes to understand each other. But there comes a time when we should be really grateful for that difference. Like I said, uh, you know, if if my wife thought the same way that I think about things, then my kids would never make it to school. They just never, (laughs) 
they certainly wouldn't have their hair combed because I wouldn't notice. Uh, they certainly would not have their lunch made. I would be throwing in, you know, I would be an investor in Lunchables, which maybe you are and your woman. I get that. It saves space. And we've done that before, too. Right. But I mean, I would I would probably only half the time even get the Lunchable in the lunch box. Uh, my kids would starve if my wife didn't think about things the way she thinks about them. 888-528-2557. Mike in Anaheim, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, thanks for taking my call, Scott. I appreciate it. I was listening to your rendition on how, uh, you know, men and women are created differently, and I wholeheartedly agree. It's very simple. It's uh, basically, I believe it's simplified in the uh, fall of Adam and Eve. So basically, God tells us that Adam is logical and that uh, Eve is nurturing. And that, that, nurtur- that nurturing uh, nature that women have sometimes can get, uh, you know, kind of the war of the roses going with, uh, <laughs> with the debate um, by the secular world. Well, we can uh, debate, you know, those kinds of things to certain degrees, but I, I think at some point, right, you... You want, this is what I believe. I believe that most women, even women who are, I would say, maybe feminists or even very liberated to use maybe an old, old word, they still want to marry a guy who can make decisions. I've, I've never, I've never heard it to be an attractive thing to find a guy who can't make decisions. Just never heard it from any, anywhere on the scale of it. See, I think that that matters. And, And for guys, you know, when we can't make a decision, now, there might be things that we want our wife to make decisions about. There are decisions she wants to make, right? Um, yeah. But a guy who can't make a decision is not attractive, no matter who you are. That's what I think. Uh, and I yeah, think that's, that's, a, I think that's, that's a difference. And you're going to find those, those differences. I've got to take a break, Mike. Thanks for your call. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. What are differences between men and women? 888-528-2557. I see your calls, Chris and Kathy. We'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. And today I'm asking, what's the difference between men and women? Like, what are some differences in the way we experience life, the way we, we as men and women, uh, address life? I think there are differences. It's not inequality. It's just difference. And I realize it is a generalization that sometimes there's differences in the differences. But I think that there are differences in the way men and women approach life. And I think it's good. I think it's how it's intended by God. 888-528-2557. Kathy in Anaheim, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi. Hi, Kathy. Uh, Hi there. Nice to talk to you. Yes. Um, I'm really intrigued by your question, and I want to kind of throw back to a a term that was being batted around during COVID. Let's follow the science. Right. The science, men and women are different, okay? Biologically, physically, mentally, emotionally, hormonally. Mm. And nothing is going to change that unless they start to really mutilate these children, which they're doing. And I think one of my overarching questions is, when was it approved that gender reassignment, or whatever they would like to call it, was approved to be uh, paid for by health care? It is, 
I think it's hard to get that done, but this has been something that's been going on for a while. And we started our conversation today by talking about Johns Hopkins University. So when you talk about science, you know, we're talking about um, one of the most prestigious medical universities in the world, Johns yes. Hopkins, who in yeah. on their website, they took it down because they got so much flack today. But it was pointed out that in, a, in the LGBTQ glossary, in the definition for, for lesbian, it says that a lesbian is a non-man who is attracted to non-men. And so the question is, so in that world, in that scientific world, is what we're going to have pretty soon is that there's no such thing as women at all. Is that what's coming, you know? And, you know, for, for by the way, for, for lesbian people, that's extremely offensive. And it should be yeah. offensive, I think, for everybody. It's just like, what, I'm, a, I'm not a woman at all? Um, right. Because most people would just say a woman attracted to women. That's what you'd say. Yeah. Uh, until yeah. now. And so the the thing is that I think we should realize is what's happening is we we need to not discount science for what science is, but we do need to realize that you can't trust all the scientists, right? right? That somewhere there is a political pressure or a financial pressure, and there's a lot of this. There's a lot of uh, advocacy in science these days, and you find that in just about anything, not just the gender stuff, but you find it in climate change, and you find it in, uh, you found it in the COVID, and a lot of things that were being said, there's a lot of what ultimately comes out has to do with how you're getting funding. Yep. And that... And how do they, how are they able to bring that pressure to bear that those mutilating surgeries are being approved? Well, and, and when you and get to the, the surgeries, what what you're seeing is that the things that are innate about men and women, they don't go away just because you had that surgery. And, right. and that's part of the problem. So even if you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with, with gender dysphoria or some other things, to suggest that you really are a man if you're a woman or you really are a woman if you're a man is mm-hmm. not just body parts. It's right. There's other things going on. So that is being ignored. That's why, by the way, you know, the science is catching up to this in Europe. That's why Europe is stopping these procedures um, because mm-hmm. the studies – there's still very few studies because it hasn't been done for too long. But the studies that are coming out now are saying that <clears throat> suicide ideation, for example, is actually worse 10 years later. Yeah. Um, yep. And, you know, I don't think that's surprising. I think it's terribly sad. No. I think that in this issue, we're we're being cruel by the suggestion that a person can change genders or that there's not genders at all. It's not science. It's it is um, ideology and a what it is is it's applied to get technical uh, with you, Kathy. It's yeah. we're living in an era of applied postmodernism. Okay, we're okay. we're living in a world where when people say you know I'm living my truth or you're living your truth the idea is that that's postmodern thinking the problem is that when you apply that practically speaking if you can really have more than one truth then if you're going to apply that then you have to say well yeah people can change their gender and it mm-hmm. make it makes no sense scientifically or experientially but it makes sense if you're pushing that agenda so that's What's happening, and if you get to it, I think it's very spiritual, okay? At the end of the day, what we're doing is we are deleting as a society, as culture, Genesis 1 through 3. Yeah. And, and if you get rid of the creator, there's no created one, um, 
and then you get rid of male and female, then you get rid of the fall, you get rid of sin, you get rid of all of the things that actually explain our purpose and reason for being. If you get rid of that, um, the problem is, is you got to replace it with something. Right. And and that's that's the problem. And, you know, how this became such a big deal, it's really gone for 50 years and it's been under our noses for the past, you know, 10 or 15 years. I think the yeah. I think the COVID sped it up, and I think the the politics of it is extraordinary. Although I do think it's it's changing gears. I mean, it's we're seeing that I think right now, as people I think are you know really across the board because I don't think most people, liberals and conservatives, Republicans, Democrats, religious, not religious, most people aren't aren't going for it. I think what people are realizing is that I think what people say in general is you can think what you want to think, but you can't force me to think what you think. Right. And what we're seeing is you're trying to to force me to think what you think, and what you think is clearly not accurate, and therefore I should not think what you think. And we're going to have a conflict about that, you know, socially. <laughs> um, uh-huh. You know, that's, that's what it is. If I want to say that uh, um, my dog is really a turkey, I can say that, but... And that's, you know, if I want to say that, that my dog is a turkey, and I call my dog a turkey all the time because he keeps eating paper off my desk. (laughs) Get out of here, you turkey. That's what I say. But if I really believe he's a turkey, I guess I can believe that, but I shouldn't be able to go to the vet and say, no, this is not a dog, it's a turkey, and expect the vet to treat him like some kind of fowl. See, that's the problem is... And the problem then with what Johns Hopkins is doing and what we're seeing in schools and other things is the schools are saying, oh, you say it's a turkey? Well, then I guess we'll call it a turkey. And it makes no sense. Yeah. And, and you're not a boy. You're and, not a girl. You are this. Right. And it's going – all it does is make the harm worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's – rates after this and the reversal of the surgery is – it's a rebound effect. It's, of, a, it's a terrible thing that's happening to a lot of people. And I, I think that – and the compassion side of it, we've got to be compassionate because people have been lied to. Yes, yes. I was just thinking about the the money of it because I'm getting older, and things that I need, like, oh, hearing aids, are not covered by insurance. But these gender surgeries are being performed, and it's being covered by insurance. And I thought, who brought, who who voted on that? Not me. And it's very and expensive. Thinking, it's very lucrative yeah. for the hospitals. And that's probably uh, what's driving a lot of it, I think. Kathy, thank you for your call. Thanks for listening to the Pastor Scott Show. Um, And that's a point. You know, insurance, everything costs. You know, when people say, like, when it's drug use or things like that, people say, well, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm doing it in my own home, and I can do this if I want to. The problem is with that is that when it causes you harm and and you go to the hospital— you are now costing everybody money. Everybody's insurance is going up because of whatever you're doing privately in your home. You know, if you know, there's not really things that we do that don't have an economic impact on each other. I think about that with you know juries that uh, award people you know hundreds of millions of dollars. The person might be truly a victim of something terrible, but you got to remember that uh, you know it's the insurance that usually pays those verdicts if they get paid at all. And uh, it's not the insurance who pays for it. It's the people on the jury pay for it because <laughs> their insurance rates go up along with the rest of us. We have to be thinking along those lines. You know, it's not government health care eventually. It's taxpayer health care. It's the taxpayer who's paying for it, not the, some mystical government with money trees. 
888-528-2557. The difference between men and women, what is it? What's the difference? Chris and Whittier, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott. Hey, Chris. You know, your, your problem is you're way too smart for the show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're going you're gonna, to uh, quickly push yourself right up through the glass ceiling and before you know it, you're going to be isolated somewhere in a think tank. Actually, I'm uh, all I do is I do everything on artificial intelligence, so I don't need to be anything. I just Google it, and that's Google the fact. I'm not even a real guy. I'm just sitting here. Uh, I'm not sitting here. I'm a computer. I kind of like it better that way. Okay. <laughs> so um, I think that this idiocy, you know, it's been around for a long time, kind of like, you know, there's always been tumors of this stupidness in our society off in San Francisco or here and there in little pockets of uh, places. But now, you know, it's metastasized and it's gotten into the lymph nodes of society, and that's the university system. When they get all infected, then they're telling everybody what to think, and the whole thing just goes on such an accelerated pace to absolute lunacy. Why do you oh, think sure. that is, in the, in the sense of why why has it, uh, in your view, reached the place where you know a university like Johns Hopkins is putting things in their website that say, um, instead of woman, they use the term non-man? I, I really believe it's the power of factionalism, because when people can redefine themselves, break themselves out of the mass of people, and give themselves a small victimized faction, then there's leverage where they can leverage money out of the, out of the, the pocketbooks of the public, uh, or services, or special favors. You know, for a long time, it was just the race issue. You know, pe- for a lot. Well, long people time, can have like special special interests, right? right? So. You know, yeah. and they develop power and lobbying, and uh, sometimes that happens, and it surprises people. Um, exactly. Yeah, I got to take well, a break. You know, I got to go to the the break, Chris. I appreciate your call today. Uh, all right, Pastor. All right. God bless. Yeah, God bless, Pastor Scott. Show. What's the difference between men and women? And uh, we'll have one more segment on it. I'll give you a couple of uh, ideas there. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Eight 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 five two eight. 2557 Tuesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back. Do not go away. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Good to see everybody. We're talking about the differences between men and women, not the biological differences, but to to believe, to understand that there's actually a difference between men and women and how we operate. I was joking with the caller before the break about being AI. I decided I'll look this up on artificial intelligence. What's the difference between men and women? And uh, if you ever do that on artificial intelligence, it always gives you these disclaimers, and I have the same ones. You know, the disclaimers are that, you know, there are there are differences and then there's generalities. Okay. So it's being, it's being, you know, it's making sure that we recognize that not every woman is the same, not every man is the same, but that generally there are differences and it is innate. I believe it's God given. I believe it's all good. It's not unequal, but it is good. And uh, talked about communication style. We talked about that a little bit. This one I'm not so sure about. Here's maybe I'll get your, your thoughts about this. This is artificial intelligence. 
Uh, aggression and assertiveness. Men are often more physically aggressive, both in terms of assertiveness and aggression in competitive situations. Women, on average, tend to be more cooperative and nurturing. There's some truth to that, but I know some uh, pretty uh, competitive women, I'll tell you that, uh, out there. Not just uh, sports and things, but, um, you know, with with other things. Um, there's probably some general truth to the physically aggressive part maybe but not not for everybody spatial abilities this is the one where i think the ai people would get in trouble it's not any, there's no people at a and i or ai spatial abilities men on average have been found to have better spatial awareness and are more inclined towards activities requiring spatial skills such as navigation or certain sports women on the other hand often exhibit better verbal skills and memory i'm not too sure that those two things have or really like opposites or differences. But I think what it's saying is that uh, men know uh, where they're going and women uh, need a map. I think that's what it says. What I find... <laughs> um, one time we, my uh, my dad, I think I was still engaged to Christy. Maybe we were recently married. I can't remember. But sometimes my dad will just, will just go for a drive. He loves to go for a drive. I love to just go for a drive. I don't need a destination sometimes. I just like to drive. In my head, I've got like some place I'm going to go generally. But I'm okay to just set off driving and then figure it out as I go. Uh, Christy is not on that page. She wants to know where we're headed and why. Um we drove, we were in Arizona, and we drove almost all the way to California, I think, before my dad realized he was lost. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so I, I'm not too sure about that one. Um, leadership styles. Women tend to adopt a more participatory and collaborative leadership style, emphasizing relationship building and consensus. Men, on average, may display a more assertive and task-oriented leadership approach. Uh, is that right? That there's some truth to that. I'll give you an explanation. Once again, it's not. It's you know there's there's differences and some people are different. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. By the way, uh, if you want to join the conversation, what's the difference between men and women? Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. I heard a comedian say this and and or at least this idea and I I adopted it into uh, some talks that I used to give about the difference. And he said that you can tell the difference between how men and women communicate based on how men and women will deal with chips and salsa when they're together. So he said, if a bunch of men are together and they're eating chips and salsa and they're standing around a table and there's a bowl of chips and there's a bowl of salsa and they're eating the chips and salsa, hopefully not double dipping, but you know, there's a George Costanza in all of us and they're eating the chips and salsa and the salsa runs out. He says that this comedian said that men, what they will do is enter into a period of negotiation at this point because men are negotiators. That's what he says. He says women are cooperators and men are negotiators. And the men will now negotiate who has to do the walk of shame and go into the kitchen and by himself and get more salsa while the other men continue to talk about whatever they were talking about, waiting for the salsa to be replenished. And they will say things like, well, uh, the salsa's out. Who's going to get more salsa? And somebody will say, well, I brought the salsa. And someone else will say, well, I brought the chips. And someone else will say, well, I brought the bowls. And somebody says, will say, well, I put the salsa in the bowl last time. And somebody will say, well, I put the chips. And there will be some kind of negotiation. And whoever the loser is in the negotiation, they will have to, by themselves, go back into the kitchen and get more salsa. And then he said, now you put women around the table eating chips and salsa. 
and the salsa runs out. His argument is that women are cooperators. And instead of having the negotiation, when the salsa runs out, all of the women together will go into the kitchen to get more salsa. And it really doesn't matter who grabs the jar and puts it in the bowl. And they'll just together move the entire party into the kitchen and keep talking. And then the point that he makes is now you have men and women around the table eating chips and salsa. And men are the negotiators and women are the cooperators. And he says the problem that men have is that when the salsa runs out in this conversation, the women are ready to all go into the kitchen together, but the men say, I'm not going in there because I brought the salsa. And then you have a division. And then the men look like jerks. And and I think, you know what, I think I think that's pretty funny. I think that is a an excellent observation. I'm not sure that it's always true, but I think that there's some truth in that. It's very, you know, sort of built into our psyche of of who we are. And whatever part of that is true, it's definitely good that some people are negotiators and some people are cooperators. It's definitely good that there are people who, and typically, not always, and if this bugs you, you don't call me, 888-528-2557. I, I think, though, that for most people, we accept this as okay. We don't like it if we're saying that one is better than the other. Uh, men typically engage in more risk-taking behaviors, according to AI, artificial intelligence, whether in physical activities or financial decision-making. Women generally tend to be more cautious and risk-averse. Is that true about men and women? It's. I would say that's my experience, and I've I've married to a woman for 25 years. 25? Oh, I just added a couple of years. 22. 22 years. I get, maybe as a man, I start to just round up at a certain age. Um, you know, I would say that when, when Christy and I go talk to a financial person, um, I'm like, bet it all. And she's, she's the one who's going to say, well, wait a minute. I want to know what we're doing. Uh, that's definitely the case with us. And I'm glad that she does that because I might bet it all. You know, I might put it all on one thing. Yeah, just in one stock. Let's see how it goes. I tried that once on my own. Years ago, I started my own uh, mutual fund. I called it the Total Depravity Mutual Fund. I did it on E-Trade. And I thought, you know, Americans are only going to get more fat. So what I'm going to do is invest in all the junk food companies. And I invested in, you know, Hershey's and I invested in Krispy Kreme and uh, some other companies. And I, you know, for a while, that was a pretty good strategy. And this was during a bad economic time. And uh, that was working out, you know, or at least a slow economy. And it was working out um, until one of those companies decided uh, that they weren't going to keep their books right. And it tanked, their stock price tanked. And I didn't notice it uh, because the donuts are still good. And uh, suddenly I log on and I had lost almost everything that I had put in there. And uh, it wasn't because they didn't know how to make donuts. It it was because they didn't know how to add, apparently. And uh, that was a problem and some people got fired. You never know. You never know. That's a risk that uh, my wife would have never taken. She never would have taken the idea that I had for that reason. And and she would have been right. She would have been super right. And we're not talking about a lot of money here, by the way. Um, I don't know how much I put in there. It's just a couple hundred dollars. Uh, I should have put it all in Apple or something like that. It would be worth a ton today. Did you see that thing that Apple wants to put on your head? Maybe we'll talk about that later this week. Did you see that? Did you watch that video, uh, Wilbert, the ski mask that you're going to wear and do your computing on? Uh, yes. Apple, Apple Vision Pro. What did you think? 000? What did you think about that? Uh, I'm not sure. Have you seen that movie Ready Player One? 
<laughs> I've not seen it, but I guess it's in that movie, right? It's yes. the same idea. So there's this thing you put it on your head. It looks like a ski mask, you know, or swimming goggles, except that you see your computer screen and you can, like, control it with your eyeballs and you can move your hands in the air just like in some sci-fi movie. And you can um, watch television through it. Now, you're wearing this thing with a cable that comes down to the battery pack that you have to keep in your pocket because it's too heavy to put on your head. And uh, you can watch TV and make your TV screen any size you want in any room you want, even on an airplane, theoretically. And, you know, I don't know what it is, is I think it's a $3,500 reason to uh, be alone. Have you heard their reason for the price? Uh, No, but (laughs) what they say. So they're saying you can replace everything with it. That's why they're making it so high. You can replace, oh, you can replace like your iPad and your iPhone and your watch. That's crazy. I don't know. Maybe we'll get into that on on Friday, you know, something fun out there. Uh, And it'd be interesting to see the difference between men and women and how they would use something like that. Like, I can see me and my boys not spending the money. But if somebody were to give us those, we would all sit there wearing our goggles, playing video games or watching TV or whatever. My wife will never wear that thing. There's no way (laughs) she would she would not do that. Hey, everybody, you know, at the end of the day. Here's something that's important. God created us male and female, male and female. He created them. The scriptures tell us there is a difference. And in the world today that wants to say that there's not, um, there just is. And when something is, that means when we try to say that it not is, it's going to cause a problem and it's going to cause conflict and it's going to help you make people get hurt. And we don't want that. Uh, We've got to be about the truth. The truth will always bring the right result, the better result. So let's be there. All right, we're done for today. We've got Louis Giglio on tomorrow and other things from 3 to 5. God bless you. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Get the podcast at kkla.com or wherever you get your podcast. Just look for Pastor Scott Show. God bless. See you tomorrow. Have a great night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.